Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB and, of course, at 24-7-365 coverage of women's basketball, High Post Hoops, where we're going to have people around the clock tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, for the 2020 WNBA Draft. And somebody who I think I'll have more than passing interest in that draft as well joins us, uh, the coach of the Seattle Storm, Dan Hughes. Dan, thanks for taking the time to chat. You planning on tuning in, you figure? I'm, I'm sorry? You, fi- you think you'll tune into the draft tomorrow night? I think so. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been practicing my technology, and I think I'm up to speed. So... What is what is it like? How what have the dry runs been like in terms of making sure that you guys, you know, don't get like a frozen computer screen as you go to make that pick? Well, you know, it, it, it's really nice. You know, we have an assistant GM, uh, Talisa Ray, and uh, she has kind of organized us along the way. We, we we would have meetings as a coaching staff, and then lately we've been meeting almost every day and doing it through zoom the same way we're going to do the the uh the things and we've kind of ironed out a lot of issues especially with you know having a 65 year old coach who's still learning some technology of the day and uh we're kind of ready you know we got we, we got a dry run with the league today so you know bring it on i i, I think the storm are ready How, does the league have any accommodations for if a team randomly cuts out to be able to say, all right, we'll take a couple extra minutes here. Yeah, I think they have uh, put in place different ways to communicate. And I, I think they've done a phenomenal job to, in the event you have, you have something that, that uh, changes abruptly. There's a lot of checks and balances in place. I think you can still communicate one way or the other. I'm glad to hear it. Although, you know, just in looking at your roster, it probably matters less to you than maybe anyone other than Washington that there are these checks and balances in place just because there's so much talent now that you guys are bringing back. I, I, I just I wonder how you're thinking about this and whether in a lot of ways you guys are kind of mirroring where Washington is because you're essentially putting a team in place that gives you a chance to run it back from 2018, a chance you never got to do because of everything that happened last year. Yeah. You know, I think you're accurate as far as our roster position, but I think, you know, especially in the times we live, you know, I've thought a lot about this, you know, I thought a lot about what's best, you know, in this draft, what is best uh, philosophy to take. And, it comes back to these uncertain times we're in. Like, hmm. we don't know what's next after this draft. And so I think, you know, you put an eye towards not only uh, this coming season, but you put an eye towards the future a little bit uh, with this draft. And you don't know, I mean, I don't know exactly how we're going to come back together. Yeah. So, like, I've instructed the staff, let's just, let's do the best job of finding players that are best for Seattle. And we'll, we'll, we'll let the events play out, you know, um, when we do get back together. There are teams, and this is across sports right now, who are trying to figure out how you build continuity into new acquisitions. I mean, in a lot of ways, 
you guys really don't have to do that. It's almost like a re-familiarizing because of the players you were able to keep, because Sue Bird is returning, because Brianna Stewart is coming back. How much of an advantage do you think that provides over and above what continuity always has in this league, which is fairly significant? Well, I think this league, and, and, and I've got about 20 years in it, that corporate knowledge is essential. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you really want to climb the ladder and have a chance at a championship and have a chance at, 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 at getting out of the gate, corporate knowledge is, is essential because simply you don't have as much time as you do in the college ranks and in other ranks. And beginning from a standpoint where you have, you have basketball thinking and you have chemistry, and those are things that are essential to us. Uh, and we have players who kind of bring that to, to the forefront. It's not so much Dan Hughes and the coaching staff. It's We have players who kind of think that way. Mm-hmm. And so your player leadership's already strong. When you look at what 2019 was, how do you incorporate that into the way forward? And by, by which I mean, it's not just a strictly speaking 2018 let's run it back for instance you saw further evolution and development from natasha howard especially at the offensive end and that's an advantage that's a positive obviously that you get to incorporate into what you're doing here in 2020 but it does differ from in some ways the role that she played on that championship team in 2018 so i'm wondering how you're thinking about that and the differences, I guess, in your mind between 2018 and 2020? Well, uh, 2019 was a very, very unique year. Uh, When you take out Stewie and you take out Sue, and then the different injuries that that we encountered during the season. Um, But what I have told the team and what, what I believe is that we didn't take a step back that year didn't all of a sudden be a waste for us i think it gave us a chance to develop other players i think we had a winning culture that found ways to win uh regular season and playoff and so we didn't take a step back but just to answer your question it it, you know look no farther than my preparation for the season normally what i do is i review the season before I watch every minute of every game. I make notes. Uh, I did that early this year because of, I had a busy off season, mm-hmm. but then it led to, to me, you know, gaining a little time with this isolation and, and uh, you know, the kind of being in our homes. And, and what I have done is I've looked and went back to everything we did in 218. I looked at everything we did at 219, and I've tried to blend it into 220. You know, I've, I've given a little more of a two-year look to some of the thinkings and, and, and some of the preparation because you want to be able to bring Stewie and, and Sue, who, you know, the things that they brought out in our team in, in 2018, you want to bring that in 2020 at the same time you know, what Natasha did, what Mercedes Russell did, what Jordan Canada did, 
you know, you want to blend that in. So 2020 to me is a little bit of, 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 of what we learned in 18 and 19. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned both Jordan and Mercedes Russell, because uh, I want to get to them each in turn. It seems like in Mercedes Russell, you've got somebody who presents a little bit of a different look at the five than you necessarily had uh, on a regular basis in 2018. Uh, is that how you see her? You see her as a, a critical part of the work you're doing, let's say, on the defensive boards in particular. Right? You know, Where do you see her fitting in with the full team back together, for lack of a better phrase? Well, she obviously comes in with a bigger role in 2020 mm-hmm. because of where she's evolved. Uh, no question, you know. I mean, in our first year here, we saw her getting better during our season, but, you know, we kind of had a veteran kind of rotation in place. But what she did in 2019 and what she does now and brings to the court is significantly grown. And you certainly, we, we need to put that as part of our package without question. And you know, we learn things about her. You know, I learned how well she moves her feet as a big person. Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to do some of the things that we do defensively. She didn't skip a beat, you know, and if she gets in a stance, you know, she's impactful defensively in guarding people that are, that are perimeter in, in nature. And not every post player does that. So, you know, one of the positives of coming out of 2019 is that I think Mercedes is obviously going to carry a bigger role in, in the evolution of that 218 to 220. It's interesting. It's almost like Mercedes is your what Natasha Howard was on those Minnesota Lynch teams and somebody who you're able to utilize in that yeah. way, and like a, like a legit two-way player uh, out of that second team. Yeah, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a blessing of last season because, you know, last year could have been a year that, you know, we made excuses about what we didn't have. And what we actually did was was made it about the players we did have. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a lost year for us in, in the evolution of this team, you know. And for we sure. will be different in 2020. And the thing that I tell the players is it, every year is unique, you know. Just because certain things happened in 218, obviously we had to be different in 219. And, and whatever happened in 219, we're going to have to be different in 220. But you do have that corporate knowledge that I think is essential in a league like the WNBA. And then that corporate knowledge and something that you've incorporated as well is the ability to utilize player minutes effectively, you know, in, in a way that is clearly where the lead can and should and often is going, but is a difficult thing to do, a difficult thing to take your player off the court and manage her minutes today in the awareness of the impact it's going to have tomorrow. And it's something you did really effectively with Sue, uh, especially in 2018 as well. So Sue only averaged, I I think, a touch over 26 minutes uh, per game in 2018, if memory serves. You had Jordan playing sub-30 minutes this past year as well. It's obviously Sue Bird, but is there a timeshare going into that when you think about what the point guard position is for you guys? Well, I think, you know, uh, there's no question that we want to put players in positions they can be successful. And, and what you have to ask yourself is, 
when is it essential you be the most successful? And that's the end of the year. Mm -hmm. and, and we are built for that. And luckily, I think we have people from a, a standpoint that kind of get that. They kind of get that we have to gear ourselves to be good in the playoffs. We have to gear ourselves to end the season with some momentum. And to do that, we've got to be smart about uh, – because i got players that, that are so competitive, Howard, but we got to be smart about how we position ourselves for the finish. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes essential, that we kind of have a long-term look as we are in the short term of trying to win games. And then all of a sudden you got a chance, you know, to have a healthy team that is successful in the short term, which is the end of the season, going into the playoffs. And then, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's the artful thing. But I do think we have very intelligent, especially our veterans, people like Sue and, and it, it, you know, I mean, here's Stewie. She's all of 25, I think. Right. She, she's like dealing with a veteran. They, they, they are competitive as they come, but they do understand that we want to win a championship. And so we have to be our best at the end. I mean, if Brand Stewart retired tomorrow, and Lord knows neither of us on this call want that to happen, but if she were to retire tomorrow, she'd have a resume to be a first ballot Hall of Famer already, would she not? Yes. And, yeah, you, you would see the Andrews following. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I don't want to coach any more years without. I, 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 I paid my dues last year yes. for getting a chance to coach her. I, I just assume that the rest of my career have Brianna Stewart on my team uh, every game. So, perfectly but, reasonable ask. Yeah, she's a Hall of Famer right now. But if you're around her, trust me, you know, that's the beautiful thing about this talented player, this cerebral player, mm -hmm. is that she's old school tough. She is old school persistent. You know, that. that There'll be times I just walk up to her and I, you know, the thing I love about you the most, Stewie, and you got a lot of things to love, but is your toughness. Mm -hmm. This is a tough-minded player, Howard. The matter-of-factness about it, the assumption that she's going to bring max effort at every turn is something that's yep. been just remarkable to see from afar and, and I'm, I'm sure is huge for you. And, and there's somebody who you brought in who obviously had a chance to see that up close in Morgan Tuck. Uh, who was a real, I thought, under-the-radar acquisition here for you guys. And, and I'm curious, A, where you see her fitting in to, you know, what we talked about is, is a pretty crowded front court already, and how much her experience, her championship experience, both at Connecticut and then, you know, with the Connecticut Sun, uh, where she was part of a rotation that made the finals last year, played a part in wanting to bring her in. Well, the, the thing that, that jumped on me about Morgan is, is all the things you said, and I would concur. She is a chemistry fit. It, there, there's, there's no training involved. She comes in with things that we want to represent. But the second thing is the versatility. You know, I mean, I'm sitting here and, and thinking, okay, it, it, she could play the, the four and stretch the floor. Mm -hmm. She can play the three, and, and we can do certain things here. Uh, she has some chemistry with some key players on our team. Uh, I was with her in the World Cup over in Tenerife. She was mm -hmm. part of that at USA team, so I've been around her on a, on a daily basis. She knows how to take care of business. 
Um, and so she just, you know, and she's a person that wants to win a championship. And I think she's going to allow uh, that desire of being a champion to, okay, I, what do you need, coach? I'll do this. I'll do this. And the versatility of her makes her a very attractive addition. Uh, it's, I'm very eager to see the way in which she works in your system. It seems like a real good fit as well. I wonder, just big picture, I don't think there's ever been quite the experience that you guys have had. With everything that you went through in 2019, and like you said, I, I mean, far from a lost year, that you guys made the playoffs is a massive credit to what the Seattle Storm are capable of, no matter what has been thrown at you guys. But you had a full year where you didn't get to see what things would be like as defending champs. And now here we are in year two, and there's this global pandemic that throws things into flux once again. And at the very least, it's not a season that opens as well. And I just I wonder emotionally how you process that, deal with that yourself. What you know, There has to be an element of frustration. And then also how you're... Uh, how you handle that with your team? Well, you know, to be honest with you, Howard, that, that, I, I don't feel the frustration right now. Um, you have to understand my life's journey. A year ago, I was battling cancer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was on the operating table. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, true. we went through it and on a, on a personal basis. You know, I'm happy to be 65 years old and still doing the thing that I think I'm supposed to do here on Earth and mm -hmm. uh, doing it with people I want to do with it and having a chance to add back in people that were part of the reason that I came out of retirement to come to Seattle. Right. So the fact that we got to wait a little bit, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little more concerned just for our world. I, I, I want the world. This, this is a time where, you know, and I'm a basketball lifer, but I'm going to say this. There's more important things than basketball. And the world is in one of those moments. And my players are in one of those moments. True. And our families are in one of those moments. And I think it's time we give attention to the world. Then there'll be time for us to come back to basketball. You're absolutely right. And that is a healthy way of thinking about it for sure. I know I, I share the belief of everyone in the game of basketball to say how thrilled and happy we are that you are healthy and happy and a part of our world whenever that turns out again. But before I leave you, we'll talk about one other thing that I know is a world that matters a lot to you, and that's music and what you're listening to. And so I would imagine you have an opportunity to sit and play your records a little more than you normally would this time of year. <laughs> I'm wondering what's, what's on the Dan Hughes playlist these days. Well, you know, I thought you should ask that. I I just had a birthday, okay. Happy happiest of birthdays this week, yes. Well, thank you. You know, and and I I really appreciated people, including my team, were great about coming there. But uh, two of the gifts I I got a McCartney Paul McCartney box set of oh. pipes of peace. It's one of his lesser known albums of the eighties, nineties, in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, a deluxe one. I got a John Lennon box set. Of, of some of his uh, oh, kind of like tracks that weren't released 
and uh, some of the things he did in the studio that it, 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 over a hundred things like that. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, and and what I've been doing, you know, I, I I've been trying to spend an hour or two a day just on cataloging basketball things and those type of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm not real good. I can't sit at a computer forever. But what I do is I put a record album on. And I know the young people don't know, always know what album means. But <laughs> I, I put an album on. I work. And then I get up, go do something else. And I come back and put another album on. I just listened to Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix. Nice. Which I, phenomenal, phenomenal piece of music. Uh, but and, and here's the last one. You know, on my birthday, uh I had Richie Fure uh, post a picture of me and him. Richie is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's in Buffalo Springfield. He was in Poco. Um, he, he, he's just a phenomenal friend. But he posted a picture of me and him. Okay. Well, how much better does it get for a rock and roller than to have a Hall of Famer pick on my birthday post a picture of me and him telling people, hey, my friend, good friend Dan Hughes. I mean... <laughs> I'm in a rock and roll kind of world right now, and I'm not thinking basketball. But that's—I I love that question, and I appreciate it, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Listen, records are coming back. Sunday is, and they're doing it virtually. National Record Store Day. It's my wife's birthday as well, so it's a very joyous day for people um, across the world. And I am glad that you joined me in the vinyl resurgence. Very excited Absolutely. about it, and and would urge every one of our listeners. Every time I talk to Dan, I learn about basketball. Every time I talk to Dan, I learn about music. So enjoy everything that he brings on. I'm, I'm going to hit edit on this publication, and then I'm going to listen to some of the recommendations you just gave me. So Dan Hughes, <laughs> thank you for the time, as always. Well, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it.